We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. Our text is from John chapter 8, but I want to start in Matthew chapter 7 this morning. Sorry, Sonia, I didn't give these to you. Matthew 7 verses 24 through 29 is where we want to look today because we're talking about foundations, the things we build our lives on that sustain us through good times and bad, through happy and sad, things that enable us to live in the circumstance yet above the circumstance. So Jesus in John chapter 7 said these words, whoever hears these say, excuse me, in Matthew chapter 7, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And when the rain descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. So it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teachings, for he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. When Jesus wanted to talk about the foundation of our life, he gave an illustration of how you build a house and the foundation that it had to be built upon. And he said very clearly in this story that if you build your house on the rock, it will sustain and stand the storms of life. You will survive and even thrive during difficult times. But he went on to say, if you don't build your house on the rock, if you don't build your house upon the Word of God, is what he was saying, that's the rock, and you build your house on the sand, then when those same storms come, the outcome will be far different. May I tell you today that there are many, many people who have built their lives upon a faulty foundation. And then when difficult times come, They don't have the foundation to sustain them, to strengthen them, to enable them to live through that storm. We're talking about the foundation of freedom this morning. And we need to understand that the foundation has to be correct in order for you and I to live in freedom. Freedom doesn't occur by chance. It's not happenstance. And when I'm talking about freedom, I'm really not talking about the freedoms we enjoy as Americans. I'm talking about the freedom we know and live and have privilege to because we're born again children of the living God. I want to draw a clear distinction, although we're going to be thankful that we live in the USA, be thankful for the things that we have here. We are not nationalists. We are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are pilgrims, sojourners, passing through on the way to a better land. That doesn't preclude my appreciation for the fact that somehow God in His wisdom and God in His divine plan allowed us to be born and citizens of this great land. I'm thankful for that. It is still the best place to live on planet Earth. No doubt about it. We'll talk about that at the end of the service. But this morning, I want you to understand, you can live in a highly controlled, legislated environment, unlike the USA, and still live in freedom. Or you can live in the freest land in the world and live in bondage. 
Because freedom really isn't about what's out there. It's about what you have built your life upon. The foundation that sustains you and strengthens you. And if the foundation for freedom is right, then freedom will thrive. But if the foundation is wrong, then freedom will die. America was actually built on a foundation to produce freedom. We can contrast that to China today, which is built on a foundation to restrict freedom, to make people servants to the nation and to the government. We often assume that because we live in America, freedom is available to us and it becomes more of a right or a license around us. I can tell you this, freedom is not freedom if all it is is a license to do as we please, to do as we choose. We have to be anchored to something to live in freedom. So many people say, well, I don't want to be a part of religion. It's too restrictive. No, you don't understand. When you walk in relationship with Jesus Christ, you will be the freest you have ever been in your entire life. You'll say, oh, no, it's all about the things I can't do. Are you kidding me? It's not about what you can't do. It's about what you can do through Jesus Christ. You serve a God who said, I will do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or even begin to think. Tell me, where is the bondage in that? You serve a God who said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Tell me, where is the bondage in that? No, there is a liberty and there is a freedom that cannot be duplicated, is often imitated, but never duplicated in Jesus Christ. We need to understand that the enemy of our souls, Satan, wants us to believe that Jesus is restrictive to us when in fact he sets us free. Let's look at our text this morning from John chapter 8. But again, I believe in verse 31. Again, the words of Jesus Christ, he says these things to us. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. Now I want you to hear that statement because it's a statement that's echoed throughout America today. We may not say we're Abraham's descendants, but we're going to say we're free men. A revolutionary war was fought so that we could be free. We're going to go down through our history and talk about that. But what Jesus is saying, it's not your lineage that sets you free. It's your relationship with the living God. It's not the fact that you're an American that makes you free. It's the fact that you're a believer and a follower in the Lord Jesus Christ that makes you free. I read an article just this morning, early actually, that was in the Tallahassee Democrat. It was written by our interview with three professors at FSU talking about the crime problem in Tallahassee. You know we have a problem, right? And when I read that article, it was interesting to me because what I heard and what I read from those professors is that it's really a problem with social economic injustice, and that's why we have a crime problem. Can I tell you, I grew up dirt poor. I've known a lot of poor folks in my life, and they didn't have to go out and kill somebody to improve their status. It's not a social economic problem. 
Doug Apple made a really interesting comment because he read the same article and he said they never mentioned the home or fathers. Listen, until we fix the home and put dads back in the home and give them authority that God has given, we will never solve the problems that are in our society. If you weren't here on Father's Day, you need to get that message and listen to it because I've talked about that extensively. We have robbed dad of his value, and as a result, we have robbed Abba Father of his value in this culture and in this society. We need to understand that unless our lives are tethered, anchored to something that is greater than us, built on the right foundation, we will never have freedom that we espouse to have. So we live in a free country, yet there are so many people who are bound in this free country. Why? Because freedom, and you can write this down and remember it, freedom is not a government. Freedom is not a system. Freedom is not an ideology. Freedom is not even a theology. And I'll tell you in just a moment what freedom really is. Have you ever flown a kite? Most of us have at one point or another. I grew up on the high plains in western Oklahoma where the wind blows every single day. It never stops. 20 mile an hour is a calm day in western Oklahoma. 35 mile an hour is the norm. And I can remember as a kid trying to fly a kite. Well, you could take that kite without a string and you could run and it would take off and soar, but it wasn't soon before it crashed back to the ground because it needed to be tethered in order to fly. In order to know freedom, you need to be tethered to the right foundation, tied to the right teaching. Your life needs to be built upon the rock of Jesus Christ, or you'll soon find yourself crashing. You'll soon find yourself in places you don't want to be. See, freedom that is not anchored or tied to the foundation of Jesus Christ and the Word of God is not freedom at all. Rather, it's deception. And that deception always leads to destruction. Real freedom only exists when it's built on the foundation that directs us towards the positive potential that's in each and every one of us. Do you realize that God made you to be a great person? He made you to do great things for the kingdom of God. He made you to influence your culture and your society to be a difference maker. But at the same time, when Adam and Eve sinned, there also came into you at birth that sin nature. So we need to be anchored to a foundation that exposes that positive potential while it depresses that negative opportunity and possibility in every one of us. And until we're in heaven, that battle, that tension will continue to wage. Why did Paul write Romans chapter 7? For this very reason. The things I want to do, I did not do. The things I didn't want to do, I did do. He said, oh, wretched man that I am, who will save me from this body of death? And what did he say in Romans 8, 1? Thanks be unto God, who always gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The foundation is firm, and we will succeed. We need to understand that. It needs to be in our lives. A couple weeks ago, we had four of our grandkids here from Texas. Hudson and Seton and Harper and Spencer. They're 12 and 10 and Harper's now seven. She was six then. Spencer's five. I was talking to Mindy, our daughter, their mother, and she was telling me the story that one of her friends said, well, whose personality does Spencer have, the youngest one, five years old? She said, well, he has the best of Harper and Seton and Hudson. And he has the worst 
of Harper and Seton and Hudson. See, that's what we all are. There is potential within us to be great, and there is potential within us to be completely destructive to ourselves and all those around us. The only thing that defines and determines is what are we anchored to? What is our foundation? Society will never change you. Culture will never change you. Only Jesus can change you. Only Jesus can change me. When the grandkids were here, that first day I had them out at the pool in the backyard, and I was telling them, now look, I know all four of you can swim, but I don't want you out here unless Vaughn or I are out here with you. Just makes sense, right? Some would say, well, that's really restrictive. They could swim. Well, listen, they're not going to die on my watch. So if that means they're restricted, they're going to be restricted. And they were asking, well, why, Pop? We can all swim. I said, well, let me tell you a story of when I went swimming by myself one time. I told them the story. We had just moved into a new home with a pool. Everybody was gone. Yvonne was gone. And I was so anxious to try that thing out. I went out by myself, had a diving board, dived in. It wasn't quite as deep as I thought. And I hit my head on the bottom, broke my nose, blacked my eyes, skinned up my forehead, my chin, and broke the C5 vertebrae in my back. Didn't knock me out. I was able to get out of the pool, sat out there until the bleeding from my nose was able to stop. And then I went in and sat on the couch and put my head back and put ice on it. And Yvonne came home a couple hours later. What happened? Well, I did a stupid thing. So I told him that story. And as I was telling to it, Harper, who was six at the time, looked at me and said, Oh, Pop, so that's why your nose is so weird. <laughs> and the thing I was telling her, that's why she took away. Can you believe it? Amazing. That's why your nose is so weird. A couple of days later, she was swimming under, underwater with her eyes closed. She ran into the side of the pool and hit her nose. She was kind of whimpering a little bit, and I pulled her out, and I said, you're going to be okay. You didn't hurt yourself. Did I break it, Pop? I said, no, I don't think you broke it. But you're probably going to have a weird nose just like mine. You should have seen the expression on her face. Priceless. What I'm saying to you is that restraints don't mean a lack of liberty or freedom. But rather, restraints enable us to live the way God wants us to live. Boundaries, borders, ethics are things we should understand and be a part of in our lives. Someone said to me not long ago, well, you know, I'm not sure that uh, you're a very good Christian because you have guns. I've had guns all my life. Grew up with them. I was taught from as early as I can remember, you never point a gun at someone you don't, or something you don't intend to shoot. I was taught to make sure it's not loaded. I knew how to handle weapons at a very early age. Well, we just shouldn't have any guns, people say. Listen, if you've ever raised a boy, you know, at two years old, that kid will chew his piece of toast into the shape of a gun because it's just something in the DNA, just the way it works. We need to understand that when we put our lives on the right foundation, we move forward as God wants us to live. And the foundation for freedom was found in our text this morning. The foundation for freedom, let me say it again, is not a government. It's not a system. It's not an ideology. It's not even a theology. The foundation for freedom is Jesus Christ. Him and Him alone. He said in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. He didn't say, I found the way. He said, I am the way. He didn't say, I discovered the truth. He said, I am the truth. 
He didn't say, I have life. He said, I am the life. So when he says in John chapter 8, if you adhere to my teachings, if you do what I ask you to do, you're my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will what? Set you free. You see, true freedom is only found in Jesus Christ. It's not found in the country you live, the society you're a part of, the culture you're engaged in. It's only found in Jesus Christ. He is declaring very clearly, it's not theology, it's not religion. It is the person of God's only begotten Son that brings freedom into our lives. Jesus is freedom. And it's only when Jesus is the foundation of our lives that freedom can exist in us. Because without the proper foundation, we will never know him and live in the truth. See, the Bible says, Jesus said, I'm the truth that sets you free. He's the only one that can break the chains that imprison us. He's the only one that can forgive the sins that so control us. And yet when the Pharisees heard him make that claim, they said, time out. We're calling foul. Do you not know we are Abraham's sons? We've never been in bondage to anyone. It's amazing how we forget our history. I remember 400 years they were in bondage in Egypt, don't you? I remember a deliverer named Moses who came and God gave 10 plagues to set him free. I can walk through the Old Testament and show you time after time after time when kings and nations conquered and oppressed Israel and held them in bondage. Yet they're saying, we're Abraham's sons. We've never been in bondage to anyone. That's a lie. Listen to me. Anyone who says, I don't need a redeemer is a liar. Anyone who says, I'm living in freedom apart from Jesus Christ does not know the truth. Because when you know the truth, the truth will set you free, and the truth is Jesus Christ. No one else and no other else. It's Jesus. We often hear that as an Americans. I'm free. Yet we're still wrapped in chains. I'm free. I live in a free country. Maybe we're not as free as we thought. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And a slave has no permanent place in the family. I don't know about you, but I have one goal. And that goal is to be part of the family of God. That goal is to say, Abba is my father. Jesus Christ not only is my redeemer, he is my brother. Holy Spirit is my constant guide, companion. He never leaves me and never forsakes me. Oh, somebody, you need to change your goal to be a part of the family of God. Because sin separates you from that family, and you'll never be a part of that family. So it's time for some truth-telling in our passage. How could Israel really be free? Listen to me. How could Israel really be free when the very religious leaders he was speaking to were plotting his assassination. Read the whole story. Don't just read part of it. These folks that were claiming to be free men were actually plotting his death because they didn't like what he was saying. How could he be free when those kinds of thoughts are running in their mind? And by the same token, how can we be free when we too are enslaved by sin, shackled to sin? What are some of the things that enshackle us that Jesus sets us free from? Well, errors in our thinking. 
bad teaching, false doctrine. Things that hold people bound for lifetimes because they can't break out of what grandma taught them or mama taught them or this church or that church taught them. Can I tell you, any place that doesn't lift up the name of Jesus and declare him as the Lord and Savior of the universe, the resurrected king is not teaching you what the word says. Get away from it. Don't just get away from it, but run away from it. Habits are things that enslave us. Drugs, alcohol, pornography, I could go on and on, are things that enslave us that Jesus sets us free from. Quick test, right quick. If you have ever been addicted to drugs, if you've ever been an alcoholic, if you've ever been a habit in your life that was destructive, but Jesus set you free, slip up your hand right now. Now look around this room today, and if your hand isn't up, you ought to be thanking God that you didn't go down that road. But if your hand is up, you ought to be shouting praises to the king because Jesus set you free. Set you free. You're not the man or the woman you used to be because you encountered truth, and truth set you free. Other things that enslave us, lying and deception. You know, there are some people I've ran into that a lie is easier for them than the truth when the truth would be more appropriate. They would just rather tell a lie. It's become so ingrained in them, so a part of their nature, they can't get away from it. I'm here to tell you, Jesus Christ can set you free from lying and deception. Jesus Christ can set you free from sexual immorality. Many people hold the misconception that I can do whatever I want to do with this body. You're wrong. That's not right. Take a look at teenage pregnancy. You want to tell me there isn't a consequence for sexual immorality? Take a look at everything that's happening in our culture. You want to tell me there isn't a consequence when we pull down those mores and values and say, do what you want. If it feels good, pursue it. Jesus can set you free. You're not going to like this one. It's one of my favorites. Laziness can hold you in bondage. Don't you complain to me that you don't have any money and you can't pay your rent when you're too, too stinking lazy to get a job and go to work. Amen, preacher. Preach it this morning. That's good stuff. I don't need your help. I can do it myself. Really can. Paul said to Timothy, the man who won't provide for his family is worse than an infidel. Get off your lazy backside. Go get a job. There's plenty of them out there. Go to work and let God provide through your hand what he wants you to have. I could say a lot more on that, but I'm going to leave it right there for today. I'm going to park it there. A lot of bondage to our emotions. Maybe something happened when you were a child and you never got over it. Maybe you were an adult and you've never got over it. You're bound in that prison of emotional disability. People like Dr. Anika Fields have to deal with that every day. I don't envy her job. I've told her that many, many times. But I've come to tell you, there is a power in Jesus Christ that can unlock that, unchain that, unleash that, and heal your heart. Heal your emotions. Some people are bound to fear. They're, fear of, they're afraid of the future. They're afraid of rejection. They're afraid of what someone else will think. I'm here to tell you, the Word says, I follow God and I don't fear what man can do to me. It just doesn't matter. 
You see, my time is appointed. I believe that. My time is appointed. I believe that on a certain day that God's already appointed, He's going to call me home to heaven. Because of that, I live in no fear. I have no fear about what may happen today or tomorrow. What if a hurricane strikes? If it's my day, it's my day. I'm benefited. I'm blessed. I'm bettered. What if someone breaks into your home? If it's my day, it's my day. But the sign on my front door says we don't call 911. <laughs> Go figure that one out. Come on, folks. We've got to come to the place where fear doesn't captivate us. Perfect love casts out all fear. God has not given you the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Oh, come on. Rise up, church, and walk in victory, not fear. Worry and anxiety, isn't that the same as fear? No, it's really not. Because anxiety ties us up on the inside to the point we can't do anything. We have panic attacks. feels like we're dying. God can set you free. There's another big one that's so prevalent in our society. Prejudice. God can set us free from prejudice. God can change you so that you can look at someone who doesn't look like you or talk like you and love them anyway. Love them in spite of, regardless of what they look like, what they talk like, what the culture is, what their background is. You can say, I love you because God loved me. Come on, church. This isn't a, just a white-black thing. It's a black-white thing, too. It's also an African thing. It's also an Indian thing. I can go right down the list. It's a Hispanic thing. We are born as individuals and taught as individuals. Let me rephrase that. We are taught as individuals. Prejudiced. It's not something we know. We're taught it. Well, if we're taught it, let's unteach it. Let's say to everybody around us, I don't care the color of your skin. I don't care what side of town you live on. I don't care the language you speak in your mother tongue. What I care is that you're a child of God. You're loved by the king. I'm a child of God. I'm loved by the king. And that cross is common ground for every single one of us. Paul said in the kingdom, there's neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, male nor female. Why can't we get that? Why can't the church understand that? Jesus Christ liberates us from prejudice. I've had people tell me in the city, I would never come to your church. Really? Don't you like me? You don't know me. How can you not like me? I'm a really nice guy. Just get to know me. Now, it's not you. Some of the people that go there are the wrong color. You know what I say to them? Please don't darken the door. Stay out. I fight that attitude. I don't want it here. Come on, somebody say amen. The church of Jesus Christ should just look just like the community we are a part of. And if the community is black and white and Hispanic and Asian and Indian and on and on we can go, the church should look the same way. And if it doesn't, well, listen, here's truth. If it doesn't, it's because the root of prejudice is growing in that place. And nobody's had the courage or the guts to stand up and stomp on its head and say, you will not have a place in this house. We have got to allow God to overcome that prejudice in our lives. Because prejudice keeps us from being who God's called us to be. It limits who we're willing to reach. It defines who we're willing to love. 
when the Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. A lot of folks are bound by failure. What's in their past? Can I tell you? Every one of us have skeletons in our closet we don't want anybody to drag out. If you're going to live life, you're going to fail on occasion. And it's not whether you're going to fail or not. I said this on Father's Day to dads, but I'm saying it to everybody today. It's not a matter of whether you're going to fail. It's a matter of when you're going to fail. And failure really isn't the issue. The issue is how do you respond after that failure? Are you going to lay there and wallow in your self-pity and feel sorry for yourself and want someone to come and massage you because you're such a failure? Or are you going to stand up, put your boots on, and get back in the fight? Don't let failure define you. God has created you to be greater than that. Here's another issue we have in the church that robs our liberty. It's bitterness. Bitterness. Someone hurts you, well, welcome to the club. If you're a human being, somebody's going to hurt you. See, I adopted an attitude years ago that says, you're not going to offend me. I'm not going to let you. Now, can you make me mad? Absolutely. But that's different than being offended. I will not be offended and let a root of bitterness grow in my heart because that doesn't do anything to you, but it destroys me. I'm speaking to somebody in this room this morning. You need to let Jesus Christ remove that root of bitterness so you can be the person God's created you to be. Stop looking back and start looking forward. Stop mourning over what you've lost or who hurts you and start focusing upon what Jesus Christ has given you and the liberty that he's provided for you if you'll just get over your bitterness and move on. You need to ask somebody to forgive you, then ask him to forgive you. Move on. Insecurity robs our freedom. Can I tell you? That if you're a child of God, the Bible teaches us we don't have to worry about what we eat, what we wear, or where we live. Because if the Father in heaven cares for the birds of the air and the lilies of the field, he will also care for me. Stop being insecure. It doesn't matter if you have five million in your bank account or five cents. Your father owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the wealth in every mine. He's already declared, I am Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, your provider. Get your eyes off of what you don't have and onto what you do have. And watch your insecurities fade away. Because when we live in bondage, it robs us of God's best for our lives. When we live in insecurity, it brings fear into our lives. We need to understand that anything that steals or robs our freedom is not from God, it's from the devil. So who are you listening to is my question. Jesus said, and if the Son sets you free, you shall be free indeed. Tom, would you come back, please? You shall be free indeed. He finished that text by saying, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Freedom is not a government. 
It's not a system. It's not an ideology. It's not a theology. Freedom is Jesus Christ. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. You're in this room this morning and you say, I need to be set free. Maybe it's from sin. Maybe it's from some habit or behavior that I described this morning. But you recognize you need freedom in your life. You've been living bound. You've been living chained. You may be an American and live in America, but you're still not free. There's freedom only comes through Jesus Christ. That's you. I just spoke to you this morning by raising your hand right where you sit. You're saying, Pastor, pray for me. I need to be free in my life today. Yes, sir. Anyone else? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Others, raise your hand. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Across this room. Yes, sir, ma'am. I see you in the back. Yes, I see you in the risers. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Others, I need to be free. I'm tired of living in bondage. I want to be set free. Anyone else? You'll slip up your hand and say, that's me. Yes, sir. I see your hand way back there. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Anyone else? Slip up your hand. That's me. I need to be free. Every one of you who raised their hand, and there were dozens. You're not alone this morning. There are dozens in this room who need to be set free. Or if you didn't, and you should have, then this is your response right now. Stand your feet right where you're at. You raised your hand. Come on, be courageous. Stand your feet. You want to be free? Then stand up. Stand up. You're standing up and you're standing and saying, I want Jesus to do something in my life to set me free today. Come on, all over this room. Others, you raise your hand. Stand up right where you're at. Now begin stepping out and moving right down here towards me. We're going to pray together. Come on. From every corner of this building, from the risers, come right now. You stood up, you step out right now. Stood up, step out right now. God's going to set you free because Jesus sets us free. You shall know the truth and the truth will set Set you free. Set you free from sin. Set you free from habits. Set you free from unforgiveness. Set you free from emotional distress. Set you free from fear and insecurity. Come on, all over the room. Keep coming. God's talking to you. This isn't me. This is the Holy Ghost. He's drawing you this morning. Let him set you free this morning. Don't leave this service bound. But come and let him set you free. Elders and deacons, I need your help. I need you to step in behind these individuals right now. Put their ha- your hands on their shoulders, and I need you to begin praying for them. Yvonne, come and help me. I need you to pray for them. Pray that prayer of liberty. Pray that prayer of deliverance. Let Jesus use you to bring victory into their hearts and into their lives today. Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida. A multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, you're invited to Christian Heritage Church. Sunday morning service is at 10.30, Wednesday evening at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For all the latest information, visit our website, chctoday.com.